Welcome to the All About Alts podcast, where we explore the world of alternative investing to help you find financial independence. Join our host, Newview Trust's president, Jason DeBono, as he covers a variety of topics with different guest speakers to discuss tax and alternative investing strategies. It is never too late to start taking control of your financial future, and we are so excited for you to be joining us for this opportunity to hear from some of the best in the business. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the All About Alts podcast. I am Jason DeBono. I am your host, and we are here to cover all things alternative investments, coupled with good quality tax efficiency. And we're excited today to bring in Kurt Power from Think Realty. Kurt, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, excited to get Kurt on the show. Known Kurt for quite some time, and his background, his story is great. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But if you're familiar with Think Realty, which is a real estate educational platform that exists and does a whole lot of cool stuff, I'll let Kurt get to the details on that. But he actually was part of the group that launched that back in 2016. He actually went on and did a couple other pretty cool things. Kurt is actually a CISP, a certified IRA services professional. He worked in the self-directed IRA industry, so it's not often and we get a comrade on the show, but he's also worked in self-storage on the investment side, which is really cool. So he understands both the IRA piece, he understands the real estate education, and he understands some of the individual asset classes. He's back at Think Realty for the last year or so, and he's continuing to help build and expand that educational platform. So Kurt, yeah, really glad to have you on. Thanks for taking the time and, and good to see you. That's good to see you. It's always a pleasure to be on. I mean, I've known new view for got 10 years and to watch from the outside to see the growth and trajectory of your organization has been exciting. So it's a perfect time for us to connect today. Well, cool. Well, we're going to dig in on quite a few things. We're going to kind of start and make this a little bit more about you. You know, you have a very interesting background. You know, I say this being a CISP and being in the IRA space, there's not many of us, right? Right. So you have that unique perspective, but it's cool that you've taken that in and out of the real estate education space. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about, you know, kind of the last few years and what you've been up to and in between your stints at Think Realty. Sure. So you kind of go back to where it all started. And and I cut my teeth out of college, get my bachelor's degree in sports management, thought I was going to go run my favorite team, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I had all those lofty ambitions or I was going to go out to California and work with promotions for boxing. And my love of fitness is what led me into being a personal trainer. So I was a trainer and fitness manager for a number of years and kind of thought I'd hit my ceiling with that. And one of my clients actually was working for the parent company that ultimately bought Think Realty. And she just kept telling me about it, telling me about it. And I was like, no, I'm good where I am. And you fast forward six months and I was like, hey, what about that position you told me? I'm not so happy where I am anymore. And that was my entry to real estate. And the things that I loved about the opportunity was it reminded me a lot of fitness where we're building relationships, we're networking, we're building our own business. If we want to be successful as a trainer, you're your own CEO, you're your own marketing director, you're doing everything. You're the sales guy, you're the person answering the phone, you're doing all of that. So that kind of crash course in what I would call being an entrepreneur is what allowed me to have a fairly seamless transition into real estate with Think Realty because we were doing a lot of the same things. We're building a business, we're networking, we're working with people in the industry, peers, we're doing all of those things, wearing all of those hats. So if it hadn't been for that client, I don't know where I'd be today, but I'm grateful that we crossed paths because it's led me on a journey of the last 10 years that have been the best 10 years of my life, both with Think Realty and the other avenues I've had. You come full circle to come back to the company I helped create and build with Eddie and the team, Linda, Carmen. I couldn't be happier because I just, I'm a believer in 
carving out your own destiny. And I, I just couldn't be happier for where I've ended up in the experiences I've had. And I owe it all to real estate. I owe it all to being disciplined and try to pass that on to as many people as possible. You know, first of all, thank you for sharing that all the way back to from the personal fitness transition. I think for all of our listeners, you know, we all start at a place, whatever that place is. And sometimes it is the road less traveled. And, you know, I I would imagine if anyone would have asked you, you know, 12 years ago while you were, you know, hot and heavy (laughs) in your personal fitness career, if you saw yourself doing real estate, you'd be like, absolutely not. Never, never. Here we are. I wanted to be a district manager. I wanted to continue. I was doing powerlifting and strongman and that kind of stuff. And God, I was blown out of that by the time I was 26, 27 with so many injuries. So, you know, you got to kind of start thinking long term, is this really what I want to do? And I've always been somebody that, you know, whatever more is, that's what I want. And everybody, I think, has a difference of what more is. For me, I want more happiness. I want more success. I want less drama. I want to have the ability to say no to things I don't want to do and say yes to the things that get me excited. And that's what I really find that real estate in whatever capacity you're in, whether you're in the industry like you and I are, or if you're on the other side of it where you're trying to secure your financial future, we're all bonded by that same thing. We want to be successful. We want to be happy. And that's what success is, is at the end of the day, it's being happy. And this is the greatest vehicle I know of that allows you to do that. Well, you hit on something that's just so huge. And, you know, our entire premise of All About Alts is to help people create that lifestyle. And and lifestyle isn't the same for everybody. Some people, right. are, you know, they want to be on a yacht in the Mediterranean. Other people just want a dinghy, you know, in, in the <laughs> pond. And there's no right or wrong answer. Exactly. We're bonded by that same purpose, but the definition of what that is may vary from person to person, but we're all in it together. Yep. And I think we all agree real estate is one of the best vehicles for people to get there. I want to touch on something that you said, and I don't think it's really talked about enough. And I know I'm guilty of not really talking about it. Being in real estate is being an entrepreneur. It is running a business, whether you want to think of it that way. And if you own one real estate property and it's a rental, you're probably not an entrepreneur. You're scratching the surface. But if you're going to build wealth through real estate, you're an entrepreneur. Yes. No doubt about it. So why don't you dig a little into that and touch on that and what you mean by that for our listeners? Sure. So it was explained to me probably five, six years ago, I was at an event somewhere. I mean, I used to travel 150, 200 days a year. So they all kind of blur together. But the message that he said was, it was twofold. It was, how many of you are self-employed? They all raised their hand. How many of you are a business owner? Even more people raised their hand. And you asked them, okay, so if you left for six months out of the year, would your business suffer? And a bunch of us, yes, it would. Well, then you're not a business owner. You're self-employed. You're on the right path, but you're not there yet. And you break it down even more. One of the things else that if you have, you know, four, five, six properties in your portfolio, you've got yourself a job. When you have 10 or more, now you got a business and you need to understand the transition of it. So I think that when we talk about entrepreneurship, I think you could extend it to any, whether you're trading time for money or you've created your own company, there's an element of entrepreneurism to what we all do. You know, if you want to be successful, if you want to be the best account rep, then you got to put in the work. You got to get the education. You got to just work, find those connections, find the people that are doing it and emulate that and put your own spin on it. So I think that it comes down to like, trust and respect. At the end of the day, you got to have some credibility. You got to you know, show some that you've done something in the industry as well. You've got a track record to speak to. But that ambition to keep growing and the way you do that is through constantly learning and continuing to network and meet those peers that are ultimately going to help you. It's a very giving industry is what I've learned is that 
we have a lot of perceptions. I grew up in a small town in Southeast Iowa and more rich people, successful people were kind of, ah, you don't want to be like that. They're miserable. And I'm like, oh, really? They all seem very happy to me. <laughs> so, and they're very giving because the more they see that the next generation or anybody who's excited about doing this, they want to pitch in and help you. Yep. So I think that's a big thing is to let go of the fear of, well, I can't do it or I don't know how to do it or I don't know the people that are doing it. You know, put yourself out there, be vulnerable, admit what you don't know. And those people are going to help you fill in the gaps and you fast forward 10 years and look where you're going to be. I guarantee you it's in a better spot than you are today. Yeah. And it's hard for people sometimes to see that bridge or that road to success. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that it starts with your first property and you can't just buy one to buy one. You know, it does take a team and that team may not be a team you employ, at least not yet, but that team of entrepreneurs that have been there, done that and cut their teeth. It's something that I think is so cool about, you know, Kurt, you mentioned, you know, the idea that real estate investors are givers, believe it or not. And, you know, most business owners are happy to share a lot of a lot of their successes, but not their secret sauce. Sure. In the real estate world, everybody's willing. There is no real unique secret sauce. It's what do you want to do and, and how do you make it unique to you? And right. I love going to networking events and conferences and being a sponge and realizing that, you know, I thought that I knew all the ways to buy real estate, having done this the last 18 years. And I learned two more today and I'm sure I'll right. learn two more tomorrow. And as the market shifts and adjusts, we've got to move and calibrate with it. And we're going to talk it as we wrap up later on here about kind of market conditions and how we approach that and, and some of the things you're seeing. But it is important to have that team around you. And, and if you don't have that team today, you've got to go to places like Think Realty and you've got to go to events and conferences and networking events and meet that team because right. one good deal and one deal that you didn't do or one deal you did do with a little bit of help can go a long way. I agree. And to echo your sentiment, it starts with one. And that's anything in life, you know, whether it's fitness related, real estate related, whatever, you prove to yourself that you can do it. And I don't know how anybody else is, but when I start to have success, I become addicted to it and I want more. And because you've proven something to yourself, you set out to do something, you established a goal, and then you did it. That's exciting. That should be celebrated. And then it's going to help you and propel you that, oh, I can do this. Now it's just sharpening the saw and learning new tricks. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm reminded of a quote, and it's so true for people that don't have your level of motivation. And everybody could, they just don't have it today. You know, for you, a little bit of success, and, and that just breeds more success. For many people, right, they say nothing gets in the way of great success like some success. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would encourage everybody listening, you know, follow in, in Kurt's commentary of, you know, breed off of that success. It doesn't matter what your goals and objectives are, set them and be clear and set them lofty and keep working. Because sometimes it's easy to feel like, you know, you got halfway there and you're doing better than you were yesterday. And that's good enough. And that will just hold you back and, and really limit your potential in what you can go out and tackle and, and accomplish. I love it when the curtain keeps getting pulled back every single day. When you start to learn how people are doing it, that becomes exciting too, because I'm a sponge for knowledge as well. I mean, I pursued my master's degree just because I was bored and thought, yeah, this sounds fun. This sounds interesting. So, I mean, I, I am very pro-education, whether that's at the collegiate level or what we do, which is real estate, understanding the nuts and bolts of it. So I, I couldn't agree more. That's where the money is and that's where the people are. That's where the deals are, are at yep. conferences like ours and others in the industry. 
Well, you know, and it amazes me, and maybe this would be a good transition here, but, you know, we we look at university or college or trade school, and we think those are all perfectly normal. It's perfectly normal for someone to go spend $30,000 a year for the next four years to get an education, and we we don't just applaud that. We encourage it, yet we don't look at real estate education in the same vein, and it should be. 100%. It is an education, and it's faster it usually is cheaper. And if you take a degree, right, which means I just have a piece of paper and the ability to go say I can do something, whereas you take real estate, which is I actually have the ability to go buy X, Y, or Z, the return is not even comparable. Yet we tend to view real estate education as this, why do people pay for this stuff when we pay for education? Hell, 90% of the population doesn't even use. And to that point, when we talk about the return, it's, you know, you go $120,000 in debt, and then how many of your years of your career is it going to take you to make $120,000 a year? And right. meanwhile, the interest hasn't stopped accruing on those student loans. <laughs> so, and that's not to say that, to your point, it's not to say that collegiate education is, is bad or inferior. It's not to say one's better than the other. It's just that different way of looking at it. If college isn't your bag and you haven't identified what that is you want to do, man, start rubbing elbows with entrepreneurs because right. I can tell you right now, they know business management, they know statistics, they know PR, they know everything. Yeah, running a business is a crash course in about 20 different college classes exactly. all into your first week. So with somebody who's actually done it, that's a key point. Yeah, and application is much different than academia. And it's no different in the real estate education world as it is in the collegiate education world. Education is only one third of the battle. The other two thirds is actual use case, right? You've got yes. to put it to use. Let's do this. We're going to transition and I want to talk about Think Realty. I want to talk about, you know, what you guys did when you launched it and the why behind it. And I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing today. And, and I think I know the story for a little bit of it, you know, but I don't know the whole story. And, and I know sure. our listeners don't either. So let's take a quick transition over to, to our quirky question. So I know you've listened to the show, so I know you're a little bit ready for this, but you're never quite ready for what's behind (laughs) one of the envelopes. So Maggie, our producer here, has our quirky questions of the day. Pick an envelope one. If you are wanting to submit quirky questions, you can do so by emailing Maggie with a Y at newviewtrust.com. And she is the one that compiles this from our viewers' feedback. So here we go. This is a good lesson in getting out of your comfort zone because I have no idea what's coming to me. So let's go. Oh, man. All right. You ready? Yeah. What are the five things that you're taking with you if there were a zombie apocalypse? (laughs) Well, I never watched Walking Dead, so I'm already at a disadvantage. But, well, I'm going to take water so I can be hydrated. Okay. I'm going to unfortunately probably have to live off the land or canned vegetables or something like that. So those are my two things. I'm going to take some curiosity with me. How are we going to navigate this? I'm going to take a will to survive and have to look inward to figure out how we're going to do that. And I think lastly, I'm just going to hope for the best. (laughs) Hope that the best thing works out. The worst case scenario doesn't happen. You know, the good news about this question is there's no wrong answer. Although I I was, when I was reading it to ask you, I thought to myself, we're going to find out how into zo- zombie apocalypses Kurt is. <laughs> if you just said, well, that's easy. One, two, three, four, five. You know, I've got the solution we'd have known. So I'm much like you. I don't have a whole lot of knowledge in that world. But the real yeah, answer I is I'd probably curl up in a ball and cry and hope they don't see me. That's right. 
I may add some form of ammo to your list, but I'm not even sure what the ammo is in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, is it, matters, is it so. broken bottles? I don't know what it would be. Yeah. Well, it looks like we both need to brush up on what that world may look like if and when I suppose that gets closer. All right. Question number two. If you were going to start a club about something silly, what would the club be about? Oh, man. Because there's varying degrees of of silly. Man, who'd have thought that would be the one that got me? Yep. Yeah, the zombie one didn't stump him. Huh. I was going to start a club for something silly. It'd probably be some kind of combination because I'm a nerd that loves professional wrestling. Probably something about guys that like doing trivia at bars, but 99% of the questions are about pro wrestling. Okay. So it would be the pro wrestling trivial pursuit club. Yeah. We'd be a very niche audience to say the least. (laughs) You know, you say that, but what I've realized in the world of the internet is that I don't think anything's a niche anymore. You know, what you thought was crazy. You can do a Google (laughs) somebody else is normal. And there's a bit too many hits on some of those searches that make me do question a lot. But there you go. I suppose if you're listening and you want to be part of the Trivial Pursuit Wrestling Club, Kurt's your guy. Come as you are. Come one, come all. All right. Corky, question number three. This is a good one. All right. This is a very important question. Is cereal a soup? Why or why not? I'm going to say, well, at the start, I'd say no, because it's crunchy and soup is always liquid. It starts off as crunchy and then soft, so it's ascending to be soup. In its fully developed form, it is a soup. So I'll go with it's soup. Okay, so it's an aspirational soup. Success for cereal is to be soup. Okay. You know, I, I've never actually pondered that question, but reading it out, I was thinking to myself, gosh, I, I'm one of those guys, and I'll, I'll add on to that question back to you, is I'm a guy that when I would eat cereal, I would always wait until it got soggy. That was my preference. And I've learned that that seems to be a very weird approach to eating cereal. So my question back to you is, are you a soggy or crunchy cereal guy? It depends on the brand. Okay. Like if it's cornflakes, it's good either way. If it's like Fruity Pebbles or Tricks or something like that, I like it when it's crunchy. Okay. It really kind of depends on the brand. Well, I love the nostalgia of Going back to the days when, when you know you could eat three bowls of cereal for breakfast in the morning, <laughs> occasionally I with no I've consequences. Got, yeah, not today. I, I've got two kids, and I do like to sneak over during breakfast sometimes, depending on what they're eating, and and steal a scoop or two. I exactly. don't think they're very fond of it, but it gives me just a little bit of you that. Touch on a potential idea because they came out with crustless bread, whatever, twenty years ago. Because apparently, cutting the crust off the bread was too labor intensive. Guarantee you, we're going to start seeing the soup aisle. We're going to start seeing soggy cereal now. Somebody's going to just sell that as is. There's a million dollar idea. You heard it here first. Maggie, start patenting that right now, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for playing along on the quirky questions today. They're always a lot of fun. We appreciate our listeners that continue to submit those. So please do. It's probably my favorite segment, especially when I get to kind of read them a little bit and think to what is this going to look like when I actually say this out loud? So make a squirm a little bit. That's never a bad thing. Cool. Well, let's transition over. We've talked a lot about, you know, Kurt, your background and kind of how you've grown out of fitness and into real estate and what that journey and transition has been like. Let's talk a little bit about Think Realty. And this is not to be a shameless plug for Think Realty. There's lots of great educational platforms that are similar. But obviously, you're here and have the intimate knowledge. And so let's start with 
for those that don't know, and to reiterate from the beginning of the show, in 2014 or 15, Kurt started with the parent company. 2016, you guys launched Think Realty. I think you're like the prodigal son. You departed for a little bit and then last year made your way back into <laughs> yeah. this kind of thing that you were part of. Let's start with, take us back to 2014 and 15 when you guys were whiteboarding and kind of mapping out what this platform looked like. What was important? What was the why behind that decision? And help us understand, you know, kind of what propelled Think Realty into launching? It was really born out of the idea of what we perceived as a gap in the industry, which was making information readily available, making real estate education readily available, whether it was from an event or whether it was in the form of written content. So we had purchased the REI Expo down in Dallas, Texas. And shortly after that, we had purchased Personal Real Estate Investor Magazine out in Arizona. And we didn't want to have any kind of disjointed nature with that. We wanted to bring it all under one umbrella. So we settled on Think Realty as that umbrella that was going to have the events, the magazine, webinars, the radio show that we used to have on Wall Street Radio, but now we do it in podcast form. We wanted it to be very clear with no confusion of who we are and what we were and how we delivered education, both timely in the form of events, webinars, things of that sort, with that timeless information, which would be the content and Think Realty Magazine podcast, those tried and true formulas that work in any kind of a market, good or bad, that somebody could constantly go back to and read about any subject, raising capital for self-storage apartments, whatever, fix and flip, buy and hold, notes, really and truly everything alternative to the traditional stock bond mutual funds. We wanted people to be aware that this is a thing. Real estate investing is a thing. And not only is it a thing, it's got a lot of tentacles to it, a lot of different avenues that you can go to to be successful. So we really wanted to make that readily available to the masses, whether you're starting out or you're a very seasoned professional investor and all things in between. We wanted to serve both masters. And we've been able to do that to a very successful degree over the past seven, eight years now. As a consumer, you know, the Think Realty content and as a business that's participated and continues to participate in, in a lot of the conferences, you know, it is amazing to see how many different avenues and areas there are in real estate. I mean, you could have, you could be a real estate entrepreneur in a hundred different categories, maybe more overnight. So let's fast forward. So you guys built a platform, launched a platform in 2016 that really embodies all things real estate with very few exclusions, if any, right? It's pretty open-ended and broad. And it also encompasses a lot of different mediums of education, right? Live, online, in person, as well as networking, collaboration type stuff, videos, web content. You can read it, you can watch it. Right. So, you know, it's all encompassing. Let's fast forward and look now. You've been back there, you know, about a year. What's different today? What market or economic conditions are changing? And what is Think Realty doing differently today in a post-COVID environment maybe than you did in a pre-COVID environment back in 2016 when you launched? COVID was the big driver of some change in Think Realty. And it was cool for me because I had parted with Think in 2019, go down to Houston to be the VP of Investor Relations at Pinnacle Storage Properties. And I still kept an eye on what Think Realty was doing. I mean, it was a company that I had helped build and I wanted to see them succeed. COVID, I think, changed the dynamic of everything from just on a very simple level, Think Realty, we used to do four, five, six events a year across the country. We even did an event in 2017-18 over in Shanghai and took the brand global. That kind of can run yourself ragged very quickly doing that many events throughout the course of the year. 
So the streamlined approach was two. We're going to do two. We're going to do one in the spring, one in the summer, or one late winter, early fall, somewhere in that sweet spot. And we really wanted to go to, yes, we're all about going to the very seasoned markets that have always been you know, successful, Dallas, Houston, things of that sort. But what about the emerging markets? You know, and I would say Tampa or the last handful of years has been an emerging market. And I think COVID was a big driver of that as well. When you start seeing people from all over the country, we experienced it in Texas as well. I don't think to the degree that Florida did, but you're having people from California, Connecticut, New York, all over the country suddenly just coming in and that brings new opportunity. It brings new money and it creates opportunity for those that are prepared. So we really wanted to look at kind of twofold. Where can we go that's a seasoned market that everybody gets excited about? And where can we go that's that next level that people maybe haven't caught wind of yet, but when they do, it's going to be gangbusters for them. So that was very easy. I would say easy transition was just cutting down on the volume of events and focusing more on let's do some really high quality ones, bring in very high quality investors to there. You know, our magazine continues to get a ton of traction. We have nationwide distribution of Barnes & Noble. We have thousands that get it delivered to them. It's available in digital form. It's the premier real estate education periodical in the industry. And then I think the podcast was a big one because you go from Wall Street Radio, which has that cachet of Wall Street, but in a way you've limited your audience. You got to have Wall Street Radio to be able to listen to the Think Realty Radio Show. So by going to a podcast format, we're available on 16 different platforms. You broaden that audience. Now your message gets out and the person who's being interviewed, that company or representative of that company, now their awareness is that much more. And clearly it's a lot more cost effective and we control the content much better now than when we're on Wall Street. So those are the big ones with streamlining everything that we did and still making it more accessible to the masses. Yeah, COVID accelerated a lot of things that I think were People were starting to see, I mean, conference fatigue is real. And for those of us that are on the road a lot or that participate in a lot of events, whether we're speaking or attending, you know, it you could be at an event every day if you really wanted to. And I think COVID has really helped us understand that you don't have to be at an event every day. You got to find and pick and choose and you can't sit behind your computer screen and be a successful real estate investor. There is a power of a good handshake and looking someone in the eye and, and yes. networking but, you know, probably a third to maybe even half of the travel that was being expelled, you know, what people tend to don't to not think through is there's an opportunity cost of my time. You know, if I'm at an event for three days, that's three days I'm not, you know, bird dogging properties. That's three days I'm Making not negotiating. Calls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's really great to see and, and great to see that transition. You mentioned Tampa where I'm here in, in central Florida. Uh, obviously, Tampa's uh, about an hour, hour and a half from us. We know that market very well. And you're absolutely right. Florida's never been an emerging market because Florida's always been Florida. But Florida through COVID really became a new emerging market. It wasn't a, I mean, one of the largest populated states in the country. I mean, people know and have known about Florida for many years. Right. But from an investment standpoint, it's just amazing what, what we're continuing to see. And even with rising interest rates and some real estate softening in parts of the country, we just haven't really experienced that in most of our major metros here, which is great. And it feels like Florida has really been able to reinvent themselves as a state through this process because from the outside, growing up in the Midwest, when you think Florida, you think beaches and retirement. That's right. You know, that's where people go when they retire. And, you know, 
I think the last stat I saw, there's over 600 people a day still moving to Tampa. Like they're not all retirees. I mean, right. it provides a much better way of life for, for people if that's what they want to do and they identify that's where they want to be. Florida's an amazing place, has a lot of tax benefits to living there. And you take somebody from New York paying or California what they pay to what you pay in Florida with no state income tax. Well, now it's wide open for everybody. And I think a lot of people, the cat's out of the bag on how great Florida really is. Well, and and you hit what I think people underestimate in most of their decisions in life is tax. And you don't necessarily have to let the tax tail wag the dog. But, you know, when we talk about the idea of investing and being efficient, if you live in, in a state with state income tax, your income is going down, not yes. up. And so, yes, you know, some of those states do have higher wages, but they also have higher cost of living. So, you know, I think it goes hand in hand and where you live as well as what you invest in and how you invest from a tax advantage standpoint, those three things are all very similar decisions. So love that you hit on that. Florida, you know, has always been home to me, but I think more and more people are realizing and also being able to execute their career goals and objectives while living in Florida. And Florida may not have offered that pre-COVID to some careers, but today, there's nothing stopping most people from exercising any career choice, desire, and Agreed. opportunity. It's very similar to Texas states. in that regard, where it's it's a very business-friendly state. It's a very entrepreneurial state. And going back to what we touched on earlier, entrepreneurs want to help you. So those are two great states to be in if you're starting out or if you're looking to expand. Tough to beat Florida or Texas in that regard. Yeah. So let's talk about Tampa. We're participating in Think Realty's Tampa event. You know, this will be well published before. So what what are the dates of the event? What what are the things that, you know, people would be considering before attending that event as far as what, what can they get out of it? What's the why behind Tampa? And what's the opportunity for our listeners to be able to be participants in that? So coming back to Tampa, this will be our second year. It was a great success last year. And we anticipate as good, if not better this year, being back again, Kind of the thing that everybody that I talk to on the event circuit or just on the phone every day is, you know, there's a, there's a really a big push for what are recession resistant investing strategies. Really now more so than different than COVID, it's different than 08, 09, 2010. It's just different. So bringing that awareness of the real estate market has ebbs and flows, sure. But I don't believe that the real estate has ebbs and flows like the stock market does where it's like this. That is a huge benefit is wealth preservation more than anything else right now. If you make good returns, great. At the very least, you're looking to preserve your wealth. And I can't think of a better avenue or vehicle than real estate, whether that's single family doing fix and flips, buying holds, whether you're wholesaling, doing notes, or if you're that true passive investor that just wants to park their money in an apartment or a storage facility or some mineral rights. You're going to get all of that and more at the Tampa event because we have people like Jason and Newview who are going to teach you the self-directed IRA piece. And there's always an aha moment with people when they're like, well, I don't have money to do this investment. You got a 401k? Yeah, it's just been sitting vacant for or dormant for years. Well, once you roll that over into an IRA at Newview, and now you can go purchase real estate. You can go buy a house with that. You can buy a physical hard asset. You got to know the rules like with anything, but that's an aha moment. That's a strategy. Or I know a guy that does parking lots. He only invests in parking lots. That's a strategy. Oil and gas, those tried and true methods. You got guys that are single family. You got guys that believe in multifamily and all points in between. Beautiful thing is for the audience is you get to connect with 30 plus sponsors. You get great panel discussions which bring varying opinions on a similar topic. 
but all the inroad is in the, in, at the end of the day, it's all geared towards helping you become successful. You're going to get to network with people and get them into your ecosystem to where now you have potential partners. You've got potential mentors. You've got funding sources. You've got everything that you're looking for to either A, continue to ramp up your portfolio, or if you're the guy just getting started, you're going to learn how to get started as well. So we're, we're serving every type of investor with those tried and true methods that are going to help them be successful in an uncertain time. It just continues to underscore the value of education, networking, and then action, right? Right. Get smart, meet the right people, build the right team, and then go out and put that into work. And the results will come. Everything you do will not always be successful or be a winner, but you'll be right more often than you're not. I agree. And I think that that's the biggest thing is that you can have 10 investments over here that are performing, maybe a couple over here that aren't doing so well, but these are the ones carrying the day. So you're not losing everything as though you would in the 401k stock market where if it tanks, you tank. If you got some diversity, it's a diversification. You can navigate that a little bit better because you're diversified. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the biggest beauties of real estate is that, you know, we we talk a lot about diversification, right? And in every educational finance, you know, financial planning, advisory, it's all about diversification, diversification. And I think I had a client about 10 or 12 years ago that put it best. And and he said to me, Jason, I don't care at all about diversity if it means I've got to buy investments I don't know and understand. And, you know, when when he said that, I thought, gosh, like, let me think about that for a minute. And I was enamored by the comment and we continued the dialogue. And he said, look, if I got to go invest into something that I don't know anything about, I'm going to lose my money more quicker exactly. than I would by not being diversified. But what he said, I thought was so cool about real estate. He said, look, I can diversify in real estate all day long. He said, I can diversify by asset class. I can buy self-storage. I can buy single family homes. I can buy office. I can buy industrial, right? I can buy any of these things. And guess what? While they may all at some point look similar, they're inherently much different aspects impacted by different factors. But he said, I can take it a step further. He said, I can also diversify by geography. So I can buy a property in Dallas. I can buy a property in California. I can buy a property in New York and I can buy a property in Florida. And I've got all bases covered. And you know what? If you look at the market today and while we're seeing softening of real estate, I mean, I'm in Florida. There is not a whole lot, not to say it can't happen, won't happen, but most of our major markets, we haven't seen price softening yet on decent or quality properties. And I'm assuming in in Texas, you're seeing the same thing. 100%. 100%. And even in yep. Kansas City, where I am right now, we're not seeing it here either. I mean, I think the doom and gloom scenarios that a lot of people want to tell are, are very misguided because this is a unique time, but I think it's different. It's a different unique than it was before. And the drivers of what's causing this to be a downturn or however you want to phrase it are not the same as they were in COVID or not the same in 2008. So if you're prepared and you know what you're doing and you've armed yourself with knowledge and and you know how to buy. Like that's a big one is you know understanding your asset class, yes, but also knowing how to buy and how to make it work for you. You're going to do very well in this market. I think that the people who are true real estate investors, are they a little bit nervous right now? Maybe. But I think at the end of the day, they see the big opportunity that's going to come out of this as well. And that's what gets them excited is they know there's an opportunity here and they've got a problem that they can solve. Yep. 
every cycle and you know whether it's an economic cycle a credit cycle it really doesn't matter you know you can go back as far as the history books will show you and see that there's always corrections and and what you have to look is where are the winners and losers when there's corrections and yeah if you're smart about it and and doesn't mean just because you're smart you'll you'll always be right but if you do exercise good diversity and diversify your asset class and diversify your geography yeah, the avenues and opportunities that sit ahead of us may be greater than the challenges that we're, we're potentially facing. Agreed, so. 100%. Well, when is the event in Tampa? How many days is it? What's the easiest way for someone to get more information on it? The easiest way would be email me, kpower, P-O-W-E-R, at thinkrealty.com. The events, July 13th and 14th at the Western Waterside, great venue in Tampa. And the day one, July 13th, that's going to be when the vendor hall is open. We'll have panel discussions, main stage speakers full day of education and networking. Day two is more of an investor workshop with our resident experts where they'll give quick kind of TED Talk style presentations about their area of expertise. And again, can't say that enough. Get your network up, get your knowledge up, utilize these people as resources because that's why NewView is here. That's why our sponsors are here is because they're looking to do business. They're looking to solve your problem. Just be vulnerable as an attendee and ask questions. Be okay not knowing everything. Tell people what you know, tell people what you don't know, and close those gaps. So it's it's two days of education and networking that you're going to learn from the best of the best in whatever asset class that is, whatever product that is, whether it's IRAs, fundraising, technology, learning how to use technology to your advantage to source your deals. We cover all the bases. So come one, come all, and just be ready to learn, be ready to network. Awesome. Well, Kurt, thank you for sharing that. We'll make sure, guys, that that's in the show notes as well. If you want to get signed up for that, we'll be at the event. We'll have a booth there, but we'll also be on a panel sharing some of our knowledge and expertise and, and certainly look forward to it. As well, I we get do excited with, about being in there because I love self-directed IRAs. When I was at Pinnacle, what piqued my interest about self-directed IRAs was about 30% of our investors were using IRAs to invest in our storage. And I was like, why would they do that? And you start learning about the tax benefits. You start learning about it's money that you may not have liquid cash in your personal account, but it's a readily available tax-exempt entity that you can go purchase real estate, purchase notes, invest in syndication, and reap those tax benefits. So I would always tell people, a lot of these things are not necessarily the end-all, be-all, greatest thing ever. But if you use them in concert, use them in conjunction, that's how you're going to stay ahead. At the end of the day, the goal is to make money and keep as much of it as you can. An IRA is a great way to make a lot of money and have a big pot of gold waiting for you at the retirement rainbow. Well, that's our goal. And we're going to continue to educate the masses on, on the how and why behind it. And we can do all the education we want on IRAs, but it's groups like Think Realty and people like Kurt that help people understand how to put that self-directed IRA to work. So Kurt, th thanks so much for being here. Before we let you go, we are going to get your learn before you burn feedback. So for those that are new and Kurt, for your benefit, learn before you burn is all about helping our listeners get the lesson without actually having to go through the experience. And I think for all of us that have been in this in the investment world, unfortunately, we've had experience that's taught us some lessons. And and I won't say unfortunately, fortunately, right? Because those experiences, all, albeit sometimes they can be painful, those lessons that we learn will, will be carried with us. So Kurt, what's your learn before you burn opportunity to give our listeners your lesson without them having to get the experience? Let go of all the fear that you have. You know, there are so many things that I wish, and I try not to live a life looking backwards of, oh, I wish I'd done this, wish I'd done that. 
But if I do, if I look back, I wish that I had not had the analysis paralysis on a lot of different ideas that had come along that, frankly, I was too scared to pull the trigger. And I was even too scared to ask the questions. I was too scared to be vulnerable and admit what I didn't know. And that's a hard lesson to learn because you see a parade of opportunity going by. If you're not vulnerable and just accept that you don't know everything, get over your fear, get out of your own way and just be willing to fail. I would say that's the biggest thing is just be willing to fail because if you're being willing to fail, I guarantee you nine times out of 10, you're going to find the path to success because fear is a great motivator. Identify what it is you're scared of and then face it head on. If it's education, you don't have it. A lot of vehicles out there, you know, I know you guys do a lot of webinars and podcasts and you guys are out every single event. You can eliminate people's fears. So I would just encourage everybody, don't be afraid. There's a difference between fear and paranoia and that good fear. Good fear, it means you're excited about it and you're ready to go for it. So I would just be willing to learn, put your ego aside, admit what you don't know and fill in those gaps and then go for it. And whatever it is that you're looking for at the end of the day for when you Breathe your last breath and you want to know if you lived a great life. If you can say, I don't regret being afraid, that's a good one. It's better to say, I don't regret that because it led me to where I am versus ah, I was just always afraid and didn't take a chance. Take a shot, dare to be great and be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to fail. Oh, great advice. Great commentary. Great feedback. The opportunity costs of not doing deals is much greater than the risk of doing the deals. So you absolutely nailed it. And I think it's something that we don't talk about enough in general. And that is, you know, just getting out and and letting go of that fear. And, and I love what you said about just accept that you don't know it and go figure out who does. We live in a day and age where someone told me there's no excuse to be ignorant anymore. And, and I thought for a second when I heard that and I realized it's true. You know, ignorance is curable. And we live at our fingertips with the entire World Wide Web and chat GPT and every other thing at our disposal Yet we don't actually get out of our comfort zone and and go accept that we just don't know it and someone else does and let's go learn from him. So I really appreciate you sharing that. I remember when I was the VP at Pinnacle, I, I assumed as the VP investor relations, man, I got to know everything. I got to have all the answers. I can't tell somebody I don't know. They're trying to invest with me. And my CEO, John, was like, I sense a little fear when you're on the phone. I was like, yeah, I am. He's like, well, here's my advice. Get over it. <laughs> tell people what you don't know. Go figure it out and then get it right back to them. It builds credibility. And that's, I think, the biggest takeaway. If you're afraid of admitting what you don't know, get over it because it's an ultimate credibility builder. When you tell somebody, I don't know the answer to that, but let me go get it for you. Now you have credibility with that potential investor or the organization or whomever with everybody. By being vulnerable and saying, I don't know something, that does establish a lot of credibility because it doesn't look like you're just trying to make up something to satisfy the answer you're actually going to go take the time and get it and make sure it's right. Absolutely. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for dropping some knowledge and wisdom on us. We appreciate all you guys are doing at Think Realty to continue to just educate the marketplace on what real estate investing is, will be, and can be. So if you're uncertain you know what that market looks like, go, go take a look at their website. You can dig around. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes as well. As always, we appreciate you being on the All About Alts podcast. If you like what you heard today and you want to be part of this community, be sure to subscribe. If you want to like and share, leave us a five-star review. All of those things help us build the community where we're focused on two primary things how to invest into alternative assets like real estate, 
as an option. And then number two, how to do it in the most tax efficient manner. So we appreciate you guys being here, Kurt. Thanks again for your time. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Jason. We couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope the information within this podcast has given you the tools that you need to find your way to financial independence. We would love to partner with you on this journey. Text ALTS, that's A-L-T-S, to 407-708-1853 to learn more about how to get started today. Don't forget to follow us to make sure you don't miss a second of content. And we'll see you next week.